This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. podcast of amateur experts where we're going to give our opinion about some topics that may be a little touchy for some people uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys so i'm marissa boatwright here with jake daniels hey guys how are we doing today abby wang what's up guys and blake gross what's up everyone all students here with me at Chine university we're going to talk today about topics that are becoming increasingly prominent in not only our country but our small towns I know that I'm super excited to be a part of this discussion, and I think that we have a really great group of people to throw in some ideas. So I think before we dig into the more important topics, we're going to let everyone introduce themselves. Hello, my name is Jake Daniels. I'm a communications major. I'm 22 years old, and I'm a transfer student from Saginaw Valley State University. I'm Marissa Boatwright. I transferred here this semester from Purdue University, and I am a communications major. I'm Abby Wang. I'm a sophomore communication major, and I'm minoring in political science. My name is Blake Gross. I'm a sophomore social studies education major with a minor in political science. So for starters, I'm sure some of you want to know why we chose to call ourselves amateur experts. And that's because the stuff we're going to talk about can be super controversial, but I'd like to think we have quite a bit of knowledge on the topic. Okay, so I kind of want to start the conversation with the broader topic. It's one of the biggest and yet also super overlooked issues, which is our prison system in this country. The prisons are overpopulating at an alarming rate, and the majority of the offenses are honestly just nonviolent drug crimes. Um, according to state-by-state -state data, there has been a 500% increase of offenders over the last 40 years. Some say that the reason jails and prisons are overcrowding so quickly is because of changes in law and policy, and not even actually changes in crime rate. If that's the case, then half the people who are locked up today would not have been locked up for the same thing 40 years ago. And if you remember back, 40 years ago was 1980. Does anyone know what began in the 1980s? The war on drugs. Exactly, the war on drugs. So we looked into some statistics about nonviolent drug crimes in our prisons today and how many people are actually locked up and incarcerated for nonviolent drug crimes. Drug offenses in the United States make up 45.3% of the American prison system. To put that into perspective, it's about 75,000 people who are thrown into the prison system for petty drug crimes. But to put that into perspective, sex offenders only make up 10.2% of the prison system, which is mind-blowing. So you're telling me the most prominent charge in prisons today is drug offenses, and the second most prominent charge by 30% decrease is sex offenses. That's yes, and that is due to the war on drugs. There was never a war on sex, so. So maybe we need to start. Start a war on sex, probably. Areas. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Start a revolution, Blake. <laughs> okay, so I read somewhere that one in five people is incarcerated for drug offenses. And as you said, that's how many people a day? 451,000 people on any given day. 
It's a lot of people. That's it's crazy. There's five of us in this room right now. That means that one means of us one is of gonna us. go to prison for, for drugs, yeah, drug charges. No scos. Nope. All right, Jake. It's All right, you. Jake, sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, so there are so many cases nowadays of, as we said, thousands of people being locked up for drug offenses. And there has been so many cases of people serving 20 to 30 years of a life term. And then a president comes into office and goes through all of the cases and and eventually ends up giving them clemency. And they are free to go. We have four real-life cases right here of people in the United States that have been locked up for either one or multiple life terms due to nonviolent drug crimes. So to start, we have Danielle Metz. Danielle was 18 years old when she first met her husband and quickly became a stay-at-home mother and a drug runner for him. According to Danielle, she didn't even have her own social security number. Her entire life was literally just surrounded by her children and listening to her husband. When she was 26 years old, she got caught transporting cocaine from Louisiana to Texas for her husband and was eventually sentenced to three life terms plus 20 years in prison. After years of determination and hard work, in 2016, Barack Obama granted Danielle Metz clemency after 23 years behind bars. This is so common in our country, so what do we do about this? Because she was literally just transporting the drugs. She wasn't even, like, taking them or anything. And the picture that we have of her on our little sheet that we're looking at is her holding her two little children, her little boy and her little girl. She had two children by the time she was 18 years old, had to drop out of high school, and got married to the man who she had her second kid with. So she was left to a life of doing what she could. She worked for her husband, and they gave her three life terms for it. The sad part about it is when you just add the family aspect of it, I mean, leaving two kids behind like that, um, especially being a mom, um, is something sad because you don't know how the dad situation is. So is it leaving the kids with? And I assume the dad also got arrested. I did not look into him. Yeah. If she worked for him, they took away both the parents. Exactly. So, it, I mean, for those kids, it's, you know, unfortunate. But unfortunately, it's the way it goes sometimes. It's devastating, and it happens every day. And I'm not saying that she did not deserve to serve time. I'm not saying what she did is okay. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is in the bigger picture of things is her driving cocaine for her husband's business worth three life terms plus some how do you add on to three life terms first of all yeah i just when i I was reading this and like doing like the research and stuff about this i was like confused because well first of all how are you going to do more than one life sentence three plus 20 yeah i don't get it and when we have murderers serving 20 20 to 25 years yeah exactly it's okay Blake, who do we have next? Um, We're going to talk about Douglas Ray Duncans Jr. Douglas Ray Duncans Jr. was sentenced to life without parole for the conspiracy to manufacture and distribute crack cocaine. The conspiracy. Not the act of, right? Just the conspiracy. Yeah. Um, And this was in his early 20s. But a fun fact, if he had been manufacturing and distributing powdered cocaine instead, he would get out in 15 years less. Obama then commuted his sentence in 2016. How is it okay to convict people of these crimes when judges are not even comfortable doing it? So the judge in this case actually apologized to Douglas, and he said that he was not comfortable granting him 
all this time in prison for what he did, but there was there's limitations and there's a minimum number of years that you have to serve for certain crimes. Regardless of what you correct, uh, may do. No yeah. cr- it doesn't matter in the context of your life, nothing. And that's what you have to serve. And the judge was, his hands were tied. So like, whose job is it to fix that? The president of the United States. The president of the United States. I'm sure he's not very worried about yeah. these people at he's, the moment. Exactly. He's, in his mind, has got more to worry about. But I think it is something that needs to be looked at more. I definitely agree. I think it's a major issue. And I, I just, I think it's a super deep issue in the United States that getting to it is going to take many, many levels and many, many people in a lot of cooperation. Can we just go back to the part that Blake said first? That he was sentenced to life for the conspiracy to manufacture. Right, he didn't actually commit the crime. When you were reading that, Blake, but it just baffles me. It's okay. I'm I'm astonished by that. It's it wasn't even proven. It was just the conspiracy. Yeah, the war on drugs really um really messed our country up. Um, and after that, it had just been all about money, and when you throw people into the prison system for a really long time, that means that federal or private prisons, they're still profiting because that just means that their budgets go up um, for the amount of people that they're keeping there, especially for long amounts of time. Um, I think I was sitting in my state and local government class last week, and we talked about the average prisoner in the prison system is costs about $35,000 a year alone for one prisoner. Um, so just imagine how much extra money that would be to go somewhere else if we focused on rehabilitation rather than punishment in the United States. So hang on. You are telling me that we are spending $35,000 a year, you said a year, Uh on one person to live in prison, but that one person was the father of a one-income household. And he was walking, okay, maybe he wasn't completely innocent, but he was doing what he had to do, selling things to people, illegal drugs to people, and that was his means of income. I get it might be wrong, but I wouldn't now, even use the word selling. I would just con- keep saying, keep saying sell, conspiracy. conspiracy to sell, right, we don't know. And now, who is going to take care of his children and wife who has no job and cannot get one? They'll probably be put into the foster care system. So now the government is taking now, care of those children as well. As well as his as, wife, yeah. who is right. going to live off the government, as well as him in prison. And it is a trickle-down effect. Yep. Wow. Well, then. So <laughs> do you think that it should be mandatory for our government to go through the jails and prisons every few years to do a sweep of the nonviolent crimes and work on freeing convicts? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And if you look at all of these cases that we're discussing... Not by no, like, um, it wasn't on purpose or anything, but Barack Obama granted all of these people clemency. He went through and granted hundreds of people at a time, honestly. Barack Obama in his last term, and actually his last year most importantly, he was the president who actually granted clemency to the most United States prisoners out of any president in United States history. Um, so if that says something, then Obama should probably get 12 years. <laughs> All right, guys, that's about all the time we have today. Thank you for joining us on Amateur Experts. I hope you join us in our second segment where we continue to talk about more of the same things. Whoop, whoop.
Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, guys. of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.